0: Welcome to the Shauna Kay Show. I'm your host, Shauna Kaminsky, health, wellness, and anti aging specialist, and the best selling author of the book, Lose Your Menopause Belly. I'll provide simple lifestyle hacks for you to regain your health and get your sexy back. Tune in for practical, easy, actionable steps to upgrade your health today. This is podcast seven, and in this podcast, I have three nutrition hacks that will help you lose your menopause belly. Hey, Shauna Kay here, and I wanted to talk a little bit about some nutrition hacks because, as you may have heard before, you can never out exercise poor nutrition. So once you're exercising, nutrition plays a huge role. In fact, 80% of your results can come from nutrition, percent, and obviously the remainder, 20%, is going to come for, uh, from exercise. Now, as a general rule of thumb, I encourage you to stop dieting. Dieting is what is killing your metabolism. Basically, what you need is low-glycemic carbs, fruits, vegetables, uh, great protein sources, and reducing processed and refined foods. Instead of making, uh, you know, going on a diet, we need to make these permanent healthy changes to our eating habits. But going on a diet, it tends to be unhealthy and because we start it and then we stop it. So I would much prefer to consider just changing making small changes. If we refer to, I think it was podcast one where I talked about choose one change challenge. Uh, this applies beautifully to nutrition where we're just going to implement small changes. So in this podcast, I want to talk about some of the small changes that I would consider making. Now, there's some food timing t- uh, tips that I want to share. And It's as simple as start eating before you're too hungry and stop eating before you're full. That will help us to eat possibly three meals a day or two snacks with two snacks. But I don't want you to get bent out of shape on, you know, oh, it's noon. I must be eating. We can't be eating based on the clock. Or our habits, our work, we need to be eating based on what our body cues are telling us. And our schedule tends to dictate our eating habits more than what our body requires. So it's tricky, but we need to try and listen to our body and then find creative ways to match our nutrition around what our schedule is like you know, I know that if you're working, you can't just all of a sudden break out a Tupperware. So, or, you know, so we have to find creative ways. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Now, the reason I say to start eating before you're too hungry and stop eating before you're full is because if we wait too long before we eat, we tend to overeat. And then, if we keep eating until our belly signals our brain that we're full, we tend to overeat because it takes about 15 to 20 minutes for our belly to tell our brain that we're full. So, if we stop eating before we get that full signal, then we won't overeat. So, if you, it it takes a bit of practice. And sometimes that's why I suggest doing, you know, a meal plan, uh, some sort of you know, diet plan is fine. I mean, I offer them and I provide them for my clients and that's totally fine because we need a ballpark. Once we have a ballpark on what portion size we should be eating, and I've got some tips on that in just a minute, then we should eat that portion size and then stop eating and wait 10 minutes. Now, if we're hungry after 10 minutes, then that might mean that, okay, I should eat a little bit more. But that means that you should be eating the healthy stuff like the maybe the chicken, the broccoli, the, you know, complex carbs and and proteins, not the, you know, going and having a piece of cake because we have to decipher between hunger and cravings because oftentimes those two cues get very confused. So it's really important that we uh, become more aware and intentional with our eating. The other thing about eating, um, you know, on at regular times, we want to avoid insulin, like an insulin response. When we have insulin in our body, that, that means that our body is primed for fat storing, and when we're eating our meals too close together we might feel sluggish and less opportunity have less opportunity to burn fat so we kind of want to space our meals and snacks out probably between you know 2 to 3 to 4 hours uh, some of us are constant grazers, which is fine if that you know if that works for you. But the idea is to avoid those insulin spikes. We want to have a rolling profile of insulin. Now, what insulin is is when we ingest um, carbohydrates. Now, this doesn't matter any kind of carbohydrate. Our our body will process that carbohydrate like sugar whether it's simple sugar whether it's you know maybe even quinoa like a complex carbohydrate our body breaks it down to to the element of sugar now a complex carbohydrate takes a longer time for our body to break down and that's why we encourage i encourage you to eat that those complex carbohydrates because then we don't have this rise in in insulin because what happens is when we eat sugar or carbohydrates uh, our body says oh my goodness we're we're getting a blood sugar elevation and our body likes homeostasis and we like to keep things the same and so what our body does in response is it sends out insulin because insulin will take that sugar and it'll either shuttle it into muscle or liver glycogen for later use as energy so Right after our workout is a good time to have some carbohydrate because we, our muscles, our liver is, are, is depleted from glycogen, which we use for energy. Now, more often than not, if we're not eating carbohydrate after, say, a workout and maybe we're having snacks before bed our body will say, hmm, I'm not going to use this energy right away. I'm just going to store it for a rainy day. And it's more readily stored as fat. Now, when we have insulin floating around in our body, we're more likely to store the energy. We're either going to store the energy for later use. We're going to either use it, store it for later use, or store it for fat. So that also means that we're not going to be able to dip into our fat stores to burn off excess fat. So do you see why we want to avoid those insulin spikes? So by pairing foods, for example, we can pair, we we never really want to have carbohydrates in isolation and we don't want to have those simple carbs. So it's great to have complex carbs, but it's even better to have carbs when we pair it with, say, protein because that will slow down the digestion complex carbohydrates will slow down its digestion we won't get that insulin spike and so we'll be more will more easily burn off any excess fat so the deadly combination of food is when we have carbohydrates with fat so what happens when we have carbohydrates with fat is that that is more readily stored as body fat So the best combinations for for pairing foods are to eat carbohydrates and protein together, eat uh, fat and protein together, because when you have fat and protein, you don't get much of an insulin spike. But when you have carbohydrates and fat together, then you're going to get an insulin spike and you also have more fat that you're ingesting. And so everything is going to get more readily stored as fat. So, you know, the chips and dip, the cheese, the crackers, that kind of thing, the the carbohydrates and the fat, which are also somewhat delicious, we need to eat in moderation. So those are a few tips on what to eat and the timing of your food. I always say never starving, never stuffed, because those will, those are, um, it, it just helps us to not overeat and not undereat. Now, another thing I like to use myself and teach my clients is an acronym called HALTS. Lots of times when we consider going on our diet, a diet dictates when we should eat and when we shouldn't eat. And sometimes that means that we should be eating when we're not hungry and not eating when we are hungry. And we forget all about, we don't pay attention to our, the cues of our body And also, just life itself is, you know, presenting food at all times of the day and night, and we just eat for many reasons unrelated to our hunger cues. So I really like to help my clients get more in touch with their real appetite. Are you eating because you're hungry? That really is the only reason that we should be eating. And the acronym HALTs seems to help. So HALT stands for Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed. So we should be eating when we're hungry, but not when we're angry, lonely, tired, or stressed. Lots of times we eat out of habit. We eat because there's social reasons, there's events, there's pressures from others. We're a clock watcher, it's noon. Oh my goodness, I should be eating lunch. Instead of listening, are we really hungry? And it takes some practice to figure out when, when are we really hungry? Am I really hungry? Or am I really bored? And sometimes we're actually really just thirsty. So if we're dehydrated, lots of times we'll be reaching for food instead of water. So my suggestion and I do it myself, is I I went and got a nice water bottle, I carry that water bottle with me, and I try and fill that water bottle up several times a day, and if I feel like I'm hungry, maybe I'm just going to go have a drink of water, and that might quell my hunger, because I actually might be dehydrated. So drinking water is a great, you know, and I don't want you to drown yourself in water, but lots of my clients, when we talk about the One Change Challenge, lots of their challenges, they want to you know, take is they just want to drink more water because I've talked about water being uh, a great elixir for skin, for hair, for nails, for energy. And in fact, for weight loss, it's very difficult to lose weight when we're dehydrated. We're, we're constantly, uh, you know, it's just better. We're just healthier and more energetic when we, when we're hydrated. Now, the last tip I want to give you in this podcast is a portion control tip. Now this works because everybody has a different sized hand and your hands go with you wherever you want. Now it's not very handy to have a food st- scale or measuring cups, but I like to use the the your hand as a portion control uh, device. So your protein at a meal should be the size of a deck of cards or about the size of your palm. Now the good news is that... Usually, a smaller person has a smaller sized hand, so their portion would be proportionate to the size of the person. Now, your carbs should be the size of your fist. Now, I'm talking about starchy carbs, so this might be your pasta if you're having it. I'm not a big fan of pasta. Rice, quinoa, uh, should be the size of a fist, so the starchy carbs. Your vegetables, uh, these can be unlimited. It just seems like we can't ever get enough vegetables. And so, you know, go to town on the vegetables and the fat uh, serving size should be about the size of your the end of your thumb. And so if you stick with those serving sizes, that's going to help you in determining how much you should be eating? Again, you need to be listening to your appetite. Start with that serving size and really load up with the vegetables and make those vegetables as colorful as possible. Because obviously, then you're going to get the rainbow of nutrients as well. Uh, the fiber from the vegetables fill you up, uh, fill you, fill the volume in your belly. And drinking water helps to you know move everything f- through you. The protein helps to stabilize your blood sugar and we really need to be focusing on the protein and the vegetables and keep the carb size, you know, the starchy carb, uh, you know, smaller size. Now, I know that a lot of people are going into this keto, uh, you know, keto is very big nowadays where we're just eating protein and fat and no carbs now you're going to decide what's right for you because honestly the best diet is the one that you can keep to but one thing that i've learned with my own diet is i was eating more of a ketogenic diet where i was eating more fat and more protein and i found that my metabolism was getting a little bit sluggish and now this is just my personal my personal experience so you're going to do what's right for you but I found because I exercise uh, every day uh, fairly intensely that once I increase my carbohydrate intake, because I probably wasn't even having that fifth size uh, portion of carbohydrates. Once I increased my carbohydrates a little bit and decreased my fats a little bit, my energy increased and I actually got a fair bit leaner. I was act I actually. Uh, started counting macros. And that is not a solution for everybody. I'm a bit of a a nutrition geek and I kind of like it, but it's very easy to go overboard on fats. And if you're a smaller size person like me, you have, you know, not a huge margin of error. So, I mean, I could sit down and eat an entire bowl of almonds. And while there's nutrition in those almonds, there's also high fat, fat content. And at the end of the day, I am not, a, I, I do not recommend calorie counting. I don't even recommend macro counting for the majority of people. But the fact is, is that you have to be cognizant of those high fat foods because if you're eating too much fat, you know you're not going to be able to lose weight and get the body of your dreams as well. So so there is a little bit of a balancing act and so the the suggestion of portion portion control I suggested is just a ballpark but it's probably one where you're still able to get those healthy fats in without overdoing it on the healthy fats. So in this podcast I talked about portion control tips, I talked about and I talked about the concept of eating before you're starving and stopping before you're stuffed. So those are just three nutrition hacks that I use in my life and I recommend to my clients so that we can get off the diet roller coaster, save our metabolism and finally get our menopause, uh, lose our menopause belly. That's it for today. This has been the Shauna Kay Show. Head to podcast.shaunakay.com for show notes and more. See you next time.